specifically this talk, I, I feel the Rebbe saying, you know, there's, there's the struggles nowadays in our generation and here's the solution. So I just, you guys can jump in, but I feel like the struggles of our generation that the Rebbe addresses here is one, every day feeling like a drag, you know, where it's like same old, here we are in, we're still in exile and getting up every day, doing the same old stuff, feeling stuck in the same old patterns and trying so hard to, you know, change the way we do things or change our relationships or change the way we interact with things that are not serving us well, but it's just so hard to get out of the rat race or to slow down or to, you know, find things that are really meaningful. So that drag day to day, of life. Another issue that I feel is very generational now, like I said about the inspiration that people are trying to, you know, we know that Torah is the MS, Torah is the truth, Torah is the answers, and we're trying to access the inspiration in the Torah. And I hear from so many people, and I've experienced this too. And honestly, until I found this new Torah from the Rebbe, where I was saying, I, I'm not feeling it. Like, where's the inspiration? So many people are talking from their heads, and it's not talking to my heart, you know, you could quote all these passages or um, if you're talking from your head, it's not going to enter into our bodies. So, you know, I had a, one of the struggles again is like Torah itself couldn't feel not fully inspiring. Um, another generational struggle that a lot of people are going through is a lot of pain in their bodies, right? Like a lot of worthlessness, a lot of shame, a lot of generational trauma that's coming up where we actually feel the pain in our bodies. And we can get really stuck there. We can get stuck in the trauma and like how to move forward and heal from that. And I would say another thing is that what is the path forward? Because if we believe wholeheartedly that Gaul is coming, the transformation, Mashiach is coming, then we know, okay, this is temporary. But a lot of people don't actually even really understand. We weren't really taught what is Mashiach. You know, what is the transformation? So Mashiach is abstract. And therefore it feels like and, you know, we've had all these promises of Mashiach coming and the transformation happening, but we've been waiting for so long and it just seems like it's getting darker and darker. So is it really change or are we stuck here forever? So I think that's the stale place that, you know, all of us can get to in the in this generation where we're at. And I really feel like the Sicha really nourishes all those that space of stuckness. So the Sikha starts off the Rebbe asking a very good question, um, of course. Um, it's so the, again, this week's Parsha's Parsha's Kitova is talking about entering the land. And the main two parts of the Parsha talks about, starts off first with a mitzvah that the Jewish people are being commanded to do once they enter the land, which is they're going to create, you know, build orchards and farms and um, build up the land. And when they have their first fruit, which is called Bikurim, they have to take the best and the first fruit and bring it up into Yerushalayim, into Jerusalem, to bring to the Kohen, like bring it up to Hashem. And then the rest of the Parsha, it talks about the covenant between us, the Jewish people and Hashem, and receiving all the Torah and all the mitzvot, like all of it. So the Rebbe asks a really great question. If the whole, if the parsha at the end talks about the covenant between us and the Hanashem encompassing the whole Torah, first of all, why does the parsha need to talk about Bikurim separate? Because the covenant's talking about all the mitzvot, including Bikurim. 
But if you want to do a special emphasis on Bikurim, on this one mitzvah that happens only the first fruit, only the best fruit, only in Israel, only the farmers, it's not, it's, it's not inclusive. The covenant is inclusive for everyone and encompasses all of Torah. Then why would you put it before? It seems like, you know, maybe have a little mention at the end of the Parsha. Why would it come be, before the whole covenant? So good question, right? Makes sense. Can you can you expand what is what exactly is the covenant? The 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 bris, like the promise, the the um how do I say it? The agreement. Like, was it a mitzvah? No, it's or like, was like agreement. a general agreement to do all the mitzvahs? Yeah, there was an agreement like that we're taking on like this this connection with us and Hashem that we're taking on the Torah and like a I think a confirmation of you know, the agreement that we're receiving the Torah, we're accepting the Torah, we're going to do Hashem's will, we're going to keep the mitzvot. So, yeah, why why a big emphasis on Bikurim, which is one mitzvah? So first on a more general level, which already is deep, but this is, you know, the Rebbe first covers on a basic level, he says, Bikurim has something very, very special about it because it's the ultimate, ultimate gratitude. And gratitude is a big thing in Judaism in general. Like when we wake up in the morning, we say, Moda'ani, thank you, Hashem, you know, for giving me a new day. Thank you for returning my soul. In general, the concept of acknowledging that every day is a gift, every moment is a gift. And, you know, just the fact that we're alive and that whatever we have is a gift puts us in a right frame of mind. So the rabbi is, is expressing that there's something about gratitude that's so powerful as an energy and as a consciousness that needs to come first before we enter into the Torah, before we enter in the mitzvah, before we enter into service. And specifically Bikurim, the rabbi said, is like the highest level of gratitude because most gratitude we have in, in Judaism is through prayer through speech, like we have all the blessings, the brachot, you know, and the morning, the three times a day that we dive in and all the blessings before and after it's expressions of things, which is obviously, you know, really important to get us into a mindset of gratitude and appreciation, which it's like a meditation, which helps us get into a good space. But Bikurim is another level because it's actually an action it's and through a physical item. So it's a, it's a way of showing and expressing gratitude in a way that takes over our whole being through our whole body. Like we go and we take the, we pick the fruit and we take it and we journey to Yerushalayim and we bring the fruit to the base of Migdash. And because it's a whole physical experience of action, it's a gratitude that actually impacts us in a way that affects our life. So on a more, again, on a more basic level, what the rabbi is saying is that we can take from that, derive from that, that in order to be able to successfully be in this connection with Hashem, right? Be in this covenant, be in this relationship where we receive the Torah and we fulfill the Torah and the mitzvot and we're connecting to him. There, also, there first has to be this state of appreciation and gratitude for who we are and for the life that we have. And through doing it in action, it's a way that we're really embodying and living in this state of gratitude. But that's really just on a basic level and we're going to take this much much deeper and much further okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna read a little bit 
um, because I think the words are just so important and we're gonna, and I will explain this. Actually, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll explain a small point first to give rough con context to the words. The Rebbe now says that actually the whole concept of Bikurim on a deeper level is talking about us, the Jewish people. Then when it talks about the first fruit and going and bringing the first fruit into the base of Migdash and bring it to Hashem, it's talking about our bodies, us, our essence as, as Jews and connecting ourselves to the essence of Hashem and realizing how precious we really are. So I'm gonna just read a little bit inside a few paragraphs and then we'll discuss it. And there's many, many layers to this. So we'll keep going, building on this concept. So the Rebbe says, our sages say that the Jewish people are called Bikurim. As the verse says, as the first fruit of a fig tree, I perceived your forefathers. The Jewish people are sacred to Hashem, the first of his grain. Okay, and that's one concept that I wanna say, continue. Now, likewise, the Jewish people are the beginning of the world, proceeding and higher than all that was created. The thought of the Jewish people preceded everything. As the sages say on the verse, that the world was created for the Jewish people who are called the beginning of his grain. So again, this is just actually the Rebbe quoting from different sources. I, I could look down at the sources, but I'm, I'm not going to take so much time of that. But the Rebbe's pointing out here why, where he's coming to that he's saying that Bikurim actually is referring to the Jewish people because he's bringing quotes from the Torah. And then he goes on and continues, and this applies not only to the souls of the Jewish people in general or above or in general to the Jewish people below, but it refers to every single Jew below men, women, and children, as our sages say, each and every one is obligated to say the world was created for me. Okay, so the first step here is to understand, hi Gila, why is there such an emphasis on Bikurim? Why is the whole Parsha, the, the first, and, and not only that it's the first mitzvah that it's written in this Torah, it's specifically the first mitzvah of the Parsha that's talking about entering in the land. What is entering the land? On a, on a soul level, the entering the land means the process of us entering our land, meaning making our land into a space where our bo our bodies, our personal Israel, making our body in a place where we feel Hashem, we're intimate with Hashem, we're a base of Migdash, we're a temple, where we get to our personal goal, our personal redemption is what, it, that's what entering the land means, our own personal land. So the Rebbe is saying the first step in this process of entering our land, journeying into becoming our personal mini Israel is to know then when it talks about Bikurim, the first fruit, the most special, cherished creation of this world is you. Not, in, not the rabbis, not the tzaddikim, not only specific Jews. Every single Jew, man, woman, and child is Bikurim. It's, and to a point that the Rebbe literally says that each and every one of us has, is obligated, where the Rebbe said obligated to say that the world is created for me. That is an obligation to have that level of worthiness to know that I am so whole and the whole world is, is for me. Not from an ego place, from a space of realizing, like, and we've talked about, again, all these sikhas connect to the weeks before. We've talked about in the other sikhas that our deepest eye, not our ego eye, the ani is the ego, the anochi, 
the deep essence places this is one with Hashem. So we're talking about on that level. Um, so first step of entering the land is recognizing that we are cherished, we are loved. We preceded even the Torah. It says that the in the in Hasidus that the Torah preceded the world, that because the Torah is Hashem's intellectual design. But even before that was the idea of the Jewish people, because we are the vessels of Hashem's essence, his deepest, deepest, deepest core essence. So before he even made the blueprint, his idea was to put his essence into this physical world. And he needed to create vessels in order to hold that essence. And that's us. That's the Jewish people. So that's the first idea. I'm going to read a little more. I'll say one more point, then we'll pause and discuss. Um, the next thing that the rabbi is saying now is, where do we bring these Bikurim? We bring it to Hashem. It says we put a, place them before Hashem in the base of Megdash. And now the rabbi is going to say, well, what does that mean? If we're the Bikurim, where are we going? Where are we bringing ourselves? So the rabbi is saying that we're bringing ourselves to the essence, to the true essence of Hashem, which is basically bringing ourselves to the deepest core of who we are. That at the core level, you know, we're all looking for Hashem, we're looking for love, we're looking for light. It's within us in our deepest places. So bringing ourselves in the places of ourselves that hasn't accessed Hashem's greatest essence and journeying into the deepest place within us. Now I'm going to read the Rebbe's words, and we'll pause after then and we'll discuss this. And just as the literal Bikurim must be brought into Yerushalayim and left in the base of Migdash before Hashem your God, likewise is also regarding the Jewish people, being that they are the Bikurim of the world, the true place of a Jew and every Jew is before Hashem your God, your God in the base of Migdash. Since the main and true essence of a Jew, also as a soul in a body below, is his godly soul, which is a portion of Hashem from up high, literally. Now, lift, bring the Bikram lifne before Hashem. So the rabbi, what is the rabbi is going to explain? What does it mean lifne before? Both in its simple meaning, in the presence of close to Hashem, as well as in its deeper meaning, an idiom of pnimius, the innermost, in the innermost of Hashem, your God, the Jewish people and Hashem are completely one. For although the entire world is created by Hashem, nevertheless, the world is created only as a means for the Jewish people that are called first. And as a result, it does not reach the inner will and intention of Hashem, your God. Meaning, everything else in the world, all around us, we've been looking for Hashem's essence. We've been chasing, we've been searching. And Hashem's saying, it's not outside of you. It's Hashem's is there's there's of course Hashem outside of us, but you want the essence, you want the innermost, you want to be connected to the deep, deep core essential love that's gonna hold you and you're gonna feel one with Hashem. It's it's inside. And then it says, Where's the Jewish people who are Bikurim first? The purpose is in they themselves. Everything else in the world was created as a means to it was created for us. The beautiful world around us, the food. You know, everything we see is to support us. Well, who's us inside of us, the essence of Hashem. So we are, we hold the essence. And all other things are created for the Jewish people, since the Jewish people and Hashem are completely one. Therefore, they are connected to Lefne, the innermost of Hashem, your God. So what is the Rebbe saying here? What does it mean to bring your, your Bikurim to Hashem? How do we access that? Is recognize your worthiness and 
you have to search and find that place of Hashem deep within ourselves. And that's how we can access more and more and more intimacy and wholeness with Hashem. So before we continue, anyone want to comment or ask a question? We're good. Keep going. Oh, yeah. Rachel, go ahead. But you're on mute. Very symbolic. Um, so uh, one of your other classes, you were talking about, I think, if I understood properly, like self-esteem and how we have this dust and we shouldn't feel shame. Like we should even bring the dust. Is this how you saying everything links up? Yes. Like that should be done first, right? Then you're saying, how do we get there? It's like the healing process. It's not first or last. It's, it's the healing process is a cycle. And it, it, we're going to talk about that also again today. Um, actually, the Rebbe talks about that, the lowest places inside of our body. And what what it's not that we first have to take care of the dust because that's a journey that's an ongoing journey of healing the darkest, deepest places within us. But what comes first is knowing how worthy we are. That's step one. That's what the Rebbe is saying, that first we have to know there's two things that know how worthy we are. We're the Bikurim. The, our, the whole in, whole intention of the whole creation of this beautiful, infinite world that Hashem created was for the intention of putting his essence inside of a body, inside of, to have a physical experience inside this physical world. So everything he created was really for himself because his essence is within us to be able to access pleasure and you know, have a spiritual energy within a physical world. That was his desire and his essence is within us. So it's all for us. So how do we access those dark places? Well, we're going to continue the Sikha and the Rebbe talks about different parts. But the first thing is if we don't know who we are, we can't do this work because we're going to keep escaping and running away because we don't know what's possible. So that's the first anchor. And then the Rebbe is saying, what's the second step? The second anchor is second anchor is to bring ourselves to the essence of Hashem, to bring ourselves to lifnei Hashem. What is that? To our innermost self, to the deepest part that we're not going to find it outside of ourselves. Rabbi is saying it's within us. So the second step, it's like a clue. Step two is you're you're not you're not feeling that strong connection to Hashem. You're not feeling the light. Okay, where do you go? Don't look out. Go inwards. It might be a journey, but at least you're journeying in the right direction. Okay, now I'm going to read another amazing paragraph. I, I honestly, yeah. Could you tell me what page you're on, please? Oh, yeah, you could follow along. By the way, I encourage everyone to get this amazing book, and then you could follow along. Um, we're on page 189. Afterwards, I could post where you can get it. Thank you. 189 on the um, right. Okay. And can then, I add one more? Can I ask for yeah. something? For when sure. you were speaking about this, I thought about Kikarof Elecha Hadavar Mo'ot. And Mo'ot that can be really inside us. Yes, it is. That all of a sudden it felt like, oh, wow. Yes, exactly. That's why it, it comes alive. Where the Rebbe is going to talk about this, that this is the path to make Torah alive and, and access Torah in a real way. Okay. And the explanation of this is, as mentioned before, being that it is a part of a Jew's life and a Jew is completely one with Hashem and he's not a means for another thing. Rather, the intention and goal is in him himself. It is understood that likewise is true regarding the details of his life, that every detail that a Jew does, every thought, speech or action of his and in every moment in time or point in space in which he finds himself, even a single and every 
and very minute one, relatively speaking, is a part of Bikurim, which are before Hashem your God in the base of Migdash. And also in this moment and in this place, even if, if something is temporary, he has an obligation to say, for me, the entire world was created. Since everything was created for the service of a Jew in thought, speech, or action, in this particular time or in this particular place, as is known in the steps, and the steps of men are established by Hashem. Um, yeah, let me, and then just here, to the extent that a Jew has the power and authority to accomplish a change and revolution in the realms of time and place, the Jewish pe people sanctify the times. This is step three, and this is so powerful that the Rebbe is saying, now that we know who we are, and we know the roadmap to where we're going, we're going inwards, we're going to find Hashem's essence. From that space, that is the anchor to hold you in every single moment. Because if you know that you're not, our eye is Hashem's eye, there's no separation. Well, that's where, when we talked about the last few weeks, Elul is my eye as Hashem's eye, our essence is Hashem's essence. From that space that whatever we experience, from the, the Rebbe said, from the most small things, from the things that seem temporary, the things that seem irrelevant, the things that seem stupid, the things that feel like a mistake, the feel, things that feel hard. If you know that there's no separation and that every single thing is created for us, then this moment in time, whatever you're experiencing is no mistake. And it's not small and it's not insignificant and it's powerful and it's here for you as a gift. Now, our job is to uh, to look for that and say, where is the gift in this? And how is this the gift? And what is this teaching me? But if everything is really, we're experiencing Hashem in a human form and a human, like Hashem's essence within us, then it's all part of the journey. And sometimes when it's really painful, it's, you know, to knock out a belief system or a cloud. I, the, I, I think that everything we experience in life and everything we see is to help us understand Hashem. It's like the, the thing, the way we experience the universe. So, you know, when we talk about like a relationship between a man and a woman, it helps us understand the relationship between us and Hashem, but also the visual of, of the sun and clouds. Like literally when I was on vacation a couple of weeks ago in Lake Tahoe and it, it, it's unpredictable weather. So you could go and it's beautiful, sunny, and then the clouds come and it starts pouring. And it was amazing because I was out and we were biking and it was sunny and then the clouds came and it started raining and like all of a sudden it just felt so depressing and it's like the sun was always there the whole time, you know, the clouds just come and block it so sometimes when we're feeling the clouds we're feeling separation we're feeling anxiety, you know, if we know that the sun is still there, it doesn't go away. And you know the clouds are here to because we you know, they need to be addressed, they need to be heard, you know, to make more space for more light. And that's a gift too. It's it's not here to hurt us. It's here to help us access more light. And then we could ask a question, well, if the light was always there, why didn't we always feel it? You know, why do we have to have all these clouds? Well, because our bodies weren't vessels yet to be able to experience so much light. We would have just gone back to source the same way when we got the Torah and Hashem revealed himself. We just our souls literally left our bodies because the revelation was too great. So it needs to be a slow, slow process of many years so that our the ultimate is that our vessels are strong enough to hold the powerful light of how great Hashem is in a human experience that we stay down here. Um, okay, so this message, 
again, is that from that space that we know that everything, there's no mistake, there's no accident. Every, every space that you're in, every, whatever you're experiencing, there's a purpose to that. Okay. Should I could move forward or does anyone want to comment or I could keep going? Okay. I think I'm going to keep going. Okay. Um, now, now the rabbi's going to, yeah. I would love to um, hear more about what the Rebbe says of bringing it to Hashem. So the fact is we are Bakurim. Okay. That's mm -hmm. one point of recognition, but what, what does it mean to bring it with me Hashem to our, like to really feel it in our, in a our really being? Yeah. So there, that's a really good question. So there's parts that we all, we have parts, right? And the goal, Geula, inner redemption is at a space that there's no more dichotomy, no more paradox, no more, par like there were not, our parts are all over the place because that's an exiled state. Whatever was happening in the universe is happening within us. So now we see like, oh, you're more religious than me. You're less religious. You're Chabad light, you're Chabad this, you're, you know, there's like, in within everything, there's it's so much separation and so much, um, you know, you're Jewish, you're not Jewish, really, we're all one. And Gula is going to get to a place where we realize that Hashem's essence is in everyone. Mm -hmm. and, and then, and so we have, we are, that exiled state is, has been within us, like where it's like, it's our mind, it's our heart, it's our body, it's this voice, it's that voice, it's my mother's voice, my father's voice, I don't know what's true. That inner chaos is an exiled state. And redemption is when we get our body to a place that there's flow, and then we realize there's a unified part that holds it all together. And all the parts inside of us are there to help us move forward and do Hashem's desire. So from a place of desire, we're able to, our head helps us, you know, access the idea and the logic and our hands, you know, help us put into action. Our feet walks us there or whatever. Like we need all the different parts, but when we're unified, then everything flows. So from that space, we have parts of us that might feel worthy already and might know like maybe our head knows like maybe we are hearing this and it's like okay my head could access the fact that i'm worthy but there's parts of my body that i haven't accessed that yet i don't know i don't feel really worthy all the time there are parts of me that feels actually very worthless so what does it mean bringing ourselves to hashem's essence those places that don't know that truth we need to bring that to the truth to that the essence of hashem within us that feels so not only doesn't does it feel worthy our essence knows that it's Hashem's essence it feels so whole so any part of us that doesn't have that access yet has to be brought to that truth in order to unify all our parts that all of our parts are connected to that truth and I, I was just reading um uh to the left of what you just read it says that um when we bring this, it says the Jew becomes the declarer, the source who says and sings the praise of Hashem. So it's instead of it being just in thought, like, yeah, I love Hashem and I feel love for Hashem. And like, you're having like an inner thought process. Hashem is saying, we're declaring it. Like we are, we are like in action, like down here, we're yes. able to share that with all the nations. And then the nations actually finally become people who actually see that as well, right? Because we're declaring it. And then really the one God becomes the one God over the whole world. Exactly. 
and 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 we look around at the world and we see all the separation and the dichotomy and the walls between people and we you know we want it to change and the way to change it is to change ourselves to break down the walls within us to bring unification within us to access the unconditional love of Hashem within us and the more we unify our parts that just manifests in the world because we can't if we're all walled up and then you know we're trying to connect to someone without walls but our walls are in the way so yeah um I see some of your texting questions but I'm gonna um move forward and then we could we could break it down and I saw one of you asked well how do you do this practically and um for those of you who saw or was either participated or saw my last podcast on my session with the with Catherine, the somatic healer. Um, my goal is to give these classes every week and then once a month do a session with Catherine to bring these ideas into integration and really practical. Because um, I think it's there's we need both, you know, so here it's more giving the ideas and then once a month we could talk about like the integration and how to do it in a in in practice. Okay, now I like I said the next step. I started off with the struggles that we're in in our generation, and so we addressed. You know, one of one of the struggles I said is that life can feel so stale, right? And we get stuck in the same in a rut, or like here we go again, same old. And the like the Rebbe is addressing these different things. So one thing already that how do we access renewal how do we access life feeling alive being alive feeling you know getting to a space where every moment feels wholesome and beautiful and new we're going to go into much more detail and the rebbe gives more but already there is so much here where the rebbe is saying if we know that every moment is no mistake and every everything is for you and is a purpose and we could stay present for whatever is we already access much more wholeness and much more integration and much more flow because we're not running away and we're not disconnecting now the rabbi is going to talk about how to make torah alive how to make torah a new experience where it's not like okay here we go again same old rush owls here and then we go into rosh hashanah and sukkot and just you know make the food and go to shul and pray and do the same old like how do we make it alive where it feels like so relevant and so personal and so applicable? Okay, so I'm gonna read a little bit. From this, we can understand the all-embracing concept in the mitzvah of Bikurim, which connects it to all Torah and mitzvahs in general. Again, this is why Bikurim is mentioned before the, the, the covenant between us and Hashem with, that includes all Torah. First, the Bikurim. Bikurim expresses the goal of the fulfillment of the entire Torah and mitzvot that a Jew, also as he is a soul in a body in this physical world, should be openly in a state of being Bikurim, first of the entire world. Since he is one thing with Hashem, before Hashem your God, the Jewish people and Hashem are completely one. So the rabbi talks a lot about this. I encourage you all to read it with yourself because I... I, I can't read this all, but the next like five pages, the Rebbe is talking about the concept that in order to access Torah in a real way, like Torah Chadasha in a new way that it flows and it feels alive, you have to first do this work of getting to a space of inner worthiness and connecting to Hashem within, because 
if you're connecting to Torah now in this generation and our where we're at right now from a headspace where you don't feel alive in your body and you don't feel in flow and you're just intellectually learning Torah, the Torah is going to just be an intellectual book, which is not relevant to us now. We are in a space of transformation. We're in a space of healing. We're in a space of opening up our hearts, breaking down walls, getting to a place of intimacy with Hashem. And that's why we're all seeking and searching new Torah, deeper Torah, not a new Torah, not to, God forbid to change the Torah, but to access it in a, in a more conscious way. So the Rebbe is saying first step, that, that's why Bikurim is mentioned in this Parsha first before it mentions the rest of the Torah, because in order to access Torah in a real way, we first need to do this inner work and be in a space of flow within ourselves, become alive. And then we, then we open up the Torah and then the Torah is alive. It's as, as alive as we are. If we're in a not conscious state and we're not in flow, the Torah is not going to flow for us. So the rabbi speaks a lot about that and how that we come before the Torah, that we were designed again, and I mentioned this already a few times, but we the idea of the Jewish people came before the Torah. And the Torah is second to us, meaning why is the Torah here? The Torah is here as a blueprint and a GPS and a guide to get us to become fully conscious and become intimate with Hashem. So it's there to guide us. But even without that, even before on an essential level, we have everything within us. So the Torah is there to guide us. But if you're accessing the Torah, which is the blueprint, but not on a conscious level, then you're missing the point. You have to become conscious and then the Torah helps you become more conscious, but you have to do both. You have to do the work. Otherwise, we're not really accessing Torah in the real way. Does that make sense? Okay, there's more to this. Um, let me see. Yeah, actually, I think, um, yeah, there's going to be a little more about the Torah, Hadasha. Okay, but now I'm going to read a next paragraph, and the Rebbe says, well, what about our bodies, right? That's the other issue I said in the beginning. There's a problem that, you know, our bodies are in pain, or maybe our bodies feel, maybe we know inside of us our soul feels worthy and has everything we need, but our bodies feel so depleted or so worthless or so, you know. So now we're going to read this. Based on this, based on this, we will also truly appreciate the law regarding Bikurim, that Bikurim must be brought in a vessel. As the verse says, and you shall place it in a basket. More specifically, the law is that if he brought them in a metal vessel, as was the custom of the rich people, that they bring their Bikurim in baskets of silver and baskets of gold, the Kohen takes the Bikurim and the vessel is returned to the owner. And if he brought them in a straw basket or the like, as the custom of the poor people, the Bikurim and the basket goes to the Kohen. The complete revelation of the virtue of the Jewish people as Bikurim is that also when they are in a vessel, a soul in the vessel of the limited body, including even a poor person's vessel. Now, the rabbi says poverty is only in knowledge. That means a lack of, when we're talking about poverty or we're talking about lack of consciousness, lack of awareness of who you really are, it is evident that they are Bikurim. What more? Bikurim must be brought in a vessel. The Bikurim come before Hashem, your God, specifically through a vessel. 
to the extent that specifically a vessel made of very simple things of this lowest world of which there is no lower than it become one with the Bikurim as such that they Bikurim and the baskets go to the Kohens, that also the vessel itself becomes the level of before Hashem, your God. You're following? Isn't this amazing? It's like, I have to share th these words. It's like, I can't say this in my own words. It's like right here. So again, this is literally reading the Rebbe's words. So the power of that, and the Rebbe is saying, if you bring the Bikurim in gold and silver, it doesn't stay in the base of Migdash. It's specifically the one, the worthless, I'm poor. What do I have? This basket made out of straw. It's the parts of me that, eh, you know, it's insignificant. No, that stays in the base of Migdash, meaning that this work is, it, we all, we've always wanted to show up just with our gold and silver. Oh, I'm really good at this. This I can show to the world. This I can give attention to. This is my value. This, you know, these are my, this, this is my gold and silver. Oh, but those parts of me that are, feel worthless, the straw, the parts of me that I'm not fully, don't have consciousness, don't feel great. Oh no, I have to hide. And the rabbi is saying, no, the opposite. Those are the parts that we bring to the Kohen for elevation. Those are the parts of us that we need to reveal, that we need to open up, that we need to reveal that that itself is gold and silver. It's just that we don't know that yet. Those are the parts that we most need to reveal and access. And because then the rabbi said that also the vessel itself becomes a level of before Hashem, your God. That whatever parts of us don't feel the worthiness, it's because that it needs to be attached to the Bikurim of who we really are. Okay. You're following us. It's amazing, right? It's like, it's so powerful. I'm crying. It's like, it's so good. I, I cried I, through this yesterday yeah, when I was reading it. Yeah, I literally, yeah. it brought me to tears. Yeah. It's can I, oh, sorry. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Thanks. Could it be that we need specifically like the lower parts, like the straw, the things that we think are unworthy? We have to bring that to the Kohen because we need the Kohen to help us elevate. Like it's not something we can do on our own. Yeah, that's really beautiful. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. That makes that makes a lot of sense, right? It's more of a question than a comment. <laughs> well, I'm going to take it as a comment. It's your Tara Hadasha. No, it's really beautiful. That makes sense, right? There's parts of us that are really scary to access and, you know, Getting, going to someone who's unconditionally loving and having someone like a doula. We talked about this, right? Like, you know, there's no mitzvah in giving birth without a, a loving doula or a midwife to hold our hands. It's like a beautiful gift for us. So, and the Cohen, actually, the original Cohen was Aaron, Aaron, a Cohen who was known to be unconditionally loving and he embodied that energy. We, and we had another class about this that he is the energy of the clouds, that the clouds of glory, the Ananeha covered that surrounded us. In the desert were in the merit of iron because he was that unconditional embrace of love that held everyone together so going to a space of unconditional love or going to someone who's unconditionally loving and who really knows this and who can hold us through it and not be judgmental or you know really understands this compassionate work to hold us i, I think that's beautiful thank you for sharing that okay i'm gonna read there's two more paragraphs i'm gonna read this okay from this, it is understood that the power to accomplish that every day Torah and mitzvahs should be new in your eyes. Although one did this service already in the past, right? We already did Rosh Hashanah so many years. We already learned the parsha every year since we were kids. We've already gone through the motions. Um, Comes specifically from a Jew, Bikurim, since regarding all matters of the world, being that they are not a purpose for themselves, rather a means for something else, 
we kind of addressed this already, but it's important again for the Jewish people and for the Torah, there can there can be a day and most certainly a moment in time that is a continuation of the service of the day before or a preparation and means for the following day. So again, the Rebbe is saying, when you're not accessing your inner light and when you're not whole inside of your body and you're not knowing who you are, then the days are just the days. It's it's route. It's just here we go again because Hashem's essence is not in those external just running, 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 running. We're not going to find that newness and that aliveness in the external. So, yeah, you will. It will feel like here we go again. But specifically, the Jewish people have the power to accomplish that every day. It should be new in your eyes, a true renewal, similar to the renewal every day and every moment of the creation from morning to something through Hashem himself. Moreover, every day, which includes also every moment as such, that this new moment becomes a new beginning in one service in Torah and mitzvahs, which includes in it all moments until the end and culmination of his service. So again, the Rebbe is saying, you want to feel new, you want to feel alive, you want to feel power, you have to be in the moment and you have to do this work of, you know, elevating your the straw, your straw baskets, knowing your worth, bringing yourself to Hashem's the essence within you. And you will see that every moment won't feel like it was the same, even if we're yeah, it's Rosh Hashanah again, but this Rosh Hashanah is totally new because we're a new person. The energy is completely different. It won't feel the same at all. And then now the Rebbe is saying this is the same applies to the Torah, relating to Torah in a new way. Similar to how specifically the Jewish people have the power to innovate new Torah insights in the Torah itself since they preceded it. So since we were created before the Torah, we have the Rebbe is saying we have the power to, from a renewed place, from within our body, to look at Torah and bring new Torah Hadasha. I'm going to say something more on this, but I just want to finish the paragraph, including also accomplishing an innovation in the one studying Torah himself, that he becomes like a new person, literally through his Torah study and every day and moment in a new way. So the Rebbe is inviting us to say, yeah, you've might've learned these same passages, these same Torah Parshas, you know, and it was given over in a certain way. And now from this renewed place, you might look in the Torah and say, oh my gosh, I never saw that. From that pasuk, I never saw it that way. This is so new. And then you might say, well, how can I trust myself? I never learned that. Where is it coming from? But of course, we never access, we're accessing new levels of Hashem, new access of light, new access of, under, of, of because we're going, we're doing this deep work. So from more light and more connection to Hashem's essence, we're going to see the Torah in a new way. And the Rebbe is encouraging us, see it in a new way, experience it in a new way, and then share it in a new way and trust yourself. It's because all of us, we, we're here to bring these new insights to the Torah to be, bring new life in. Because we're, we're all channeling from a new perspective. It's very, very powerful. Now I'm going to end off with this last paragraph, and then we can discuss this. The concept of exile has no connection at all to a Jew, since the place of a Jew is at his father's table, before Hashem your God in the Beis HaMikdash. And the fact that Hashem made an exile is in order to bring about the service of a Jew to reveal in the world that he is Bikurim for Hashem and that the Jewish people and Hashem are completely one. And through this, immediately nullify the exile and take out all the good and lofty matters that there are in exile, including to transform Gola, exile, into Geula, redemption, the revealing the Aleph, of Alufay Shel Alam, the master of the universe, the intention of Hashem in exile, 
the virtue of teshuva, which comes through the descent into exile. That was wordy, but this is so powerful that the Rebbe is saying, okay, now he's like culminating with the bow that not only is the Torah renewed and we're renewed and every moment is whole and we feel one with Hashem, that from that space, that exile doesn't even exist anymore because exiled is a state of mind. We always thought Mashiach is, you know, poof, an angel is going to come with the magic wand and the third base of Megdash. There is going to be, of course, a slow transformation where there's going to be the ultimate, you know, state of Mashiach. But really, it's we're going to be in this physical world in our physical bodies in our physical homes. And then we experience more and more and more redemption through our consciousness. So that's what the Rebbe is saying that through this, you get to a place where exile doesn't even exist because at the core, when we are one with Hashem within us, there's no more exile there. There's no space for exile. Exile, what is exile? Exile is a state of separation. That is the translation of exile, where you are exiled from your truth. You're in a state of separation of, of the truth and walking around being, I'm nothing, I'm worthless, and I need to you know, find my worth outside of me. That's exile. So when we do this work and we get into the essence and we're one with Hashem, exile is gone because we're intimate with Hashem and that's Geula, that's redemption. So I've spoken about this idea a lot. The Rebbe speaks about this a lot, that the redemption is, the Gola is redemption and Geula is, Gola is exile and Geula is redemption. And it sounds the same, it's the same letters, just the Geula is with an Aleph, which is the Aleph of Hashem, the oneness of Hashem. And when we bring Hashem's oneness into those states of separation, we redeem our body slowly, slowly, slowly until our whole vessel is one with Hashem and at the base of Mikdash with the Hashem, and that is redemption. So with that, yeah, this is very, it's very, it brought me to tears also. I was reading it yesterday, and I'm like, this is so, so profound and so beautiful. Anyone wanna share anything? I'm actually gonna end the recording. Thank you guys for joining.